0: When you, when you love yourself, you're very confident in what you bring to the table.
1: This is Oversharing with Mikhail Alfon. Mikhail Alfon. What is up, you lovely listener? Welcome to another episode of Oversharing. As always, I am super pumped for today's episode, but for this one in particular, because the guests and I are gonna talk about some really tough topics, one of them being how to deal with loss in your family, even if you don't agree with how you might've lost that person. But one of the topics that we're gonna touch on, and I think what you might enjoy as well, is the idea of sticking to your values, even if the society that you live in does not align with them. And we're gonna talk about some strategies on how to move forward with those things, and how to learn to love yourself a little bit more as well. She recently released her own line of clothing called Purpose Over Popularity, and I'm really excited to talk about that too. But before I speak too much, please allow Chris Marie, aka Crystal Montez, to overshare. How are you doing, Crystal?
0: I'm doing great. I'm super excited right now. I haven't been on many podcasts or I actually don't really speak much in general when it comes to any like social media platform. So I'm excited. I'm excited to overshare and to kind of like give a little bit of more about me. You know, I feel like I only post a very, very, very small amount of me on my page. So this is like a cool way to kind of just Showcase some of the things that are in my brain,
1: you know yeah, absolutely, and I, I've been seeing a lot more of that lately, which is kind of why I was like, all right, I think it's time to like amplify this voice. I love what you've been doing. I love the fact that you launched your own brand, despite the fact that I butchered it on the upfront. I always jumble my <laughs> words, people think I'm good at this, it's okay. but really, it's 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 kind of dark exactly all right, well, before we get into anything i I'd love to know what were you like in high school
0: in high school I was I was a nerd, man. I was a nerd. I I sat in the cafeteria, which I don't know if, if any of you guys know, sitting in the actual cafeteria in high school was not cool. Mm-hmm. Or I would sit on the stairs by myself. I was in like all AP classes, but I always had like swag, you know? So I always wore like the cool sneakers and like the cool brands, but I was just a nerd. So I had like my big book bag and like Jordans and everything. <laughs> so, but I was super quiet. I definitely. I feel like nothing like how I am now. I was um, more in like a shell when I was in high school. It's just crazy to think, you know, how much we change, you know, over a, a few years. In high school, though, I was in drama club,
1: <laughs> which
0: I freaking love. And I kind of hate that I didn't pursue more of, you know, when I finished school. But it's okay. But I was like a full nerd. Like I was in drama club. And at, I guess at that time, it wasn't like a considered a cool thing, you know?
1: right right when did you decide that you wanted to become a nurse
0: i decided i wanted to become a nurse probably my junior year when my dad died Mm -hmm. my dad died uh, a few months after i turned 16 i'll never forget this day like i when i tell this story it like gives me goosebumps because when i think about it you know like it feels like it just happened yesterday and it was so long ago you know my family didn't have money at the time because my dad was obviously super sick. So the priority was helping my dad, was all his medical expenses and stuff like that. So for my 16th birthday, I spent it in the hospital with my dad. I remember this man came in. I'm assuming it was a resident. Now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure it was a resident. And he came in and he was like, oh, are you Ivan Montes?" And my dad was like, yeah, but who's asking? And he was like, oh, you know, I'm Dr. So-and-so. I'm covering for, you know, Dr so-and-so. I don't remember the names. And my dad was like, well, do you know anything about my case? He was like, yeah, Ivan Montes, congestive heart failure due to um, cocaine addiction. Or he said something like that, that had to do with my dad doing drugs. And my dad got up and literally grabbed this little doctor by his neck, pushed him on the wall. And mind you, I'm, I'm freaking out. Me and my mom are just like, whoa, what is happening right now? And my dad is like, you don't see my daughter there. You don't see my wife there. You know, like I've signed papers to make sure that that is never said in front of my family. Like, how dare you? How dare you disrespect my family? You know, like my dad was going crazy because none of us at that time knew, obviously, what led to him getting sick. You know, like I started crying. I started crying, I started crying. My dad came to like try to console me and to try to talk to me. And I was sitting on the floor and he came, he sat on the floor and he was just like, look, you know, like I... I don't want to be a hypocrite to you. Like I want to, I want to talk to you because I, you know, I know that you're smart and I know that you're strong. And he was like, look, you know, like I can't sit here and tell you what not to do or what to do because at the end of the day, I've already done it. And my mistakes and like me being stupid is what led to this, you know, like I'm never going to see you graduate. I'll never see you get married. I'll never be a grandfather. And he was like, think about the things that you want to do, you know, like think about how you want to like impact people and do it to the best of your ability. He's like, I know I'm going to die. Your mom knows I'm going to die. Like we all know I'm going to die. You know, like we don't, we don't know exactly when, but I've already been giving this like time, you know, when you guys are not here, the nurses and the doctors that are here that I know care about me, yo, they make me want to live. Like they make me want to eat the right things. They make me want to take medicine. They make me want to do all these things. Because I feel like, you know, like I'm their family, you know? And I, I remember I was crying. And like, I'm telling you, like, I, I have said this story so many times. And every time I do, it makes me cry because I'm like, man, like, I want to be able to do that for someone. And then obviously the whole thing, like you get sad because you, you never want the people you love to do things that are bad, you know? Like, but it's a good thing that I learned, I guess, so early on because I personally don't do drugs. I don't condone it. It's just something that I'm not i never wanted to like associate myself with. And it's also a reason why I'm terrified of it. You know, like my dad was super young, you know, he was 35 years old when he died. um, Yeah. And I think about it now, I'm like, yo, my dad was only four years older than what I am right now. Yeah, And, you know, and he passed away from just like not making the right decisions, you know, and, and he owned up to it. And, you know, he was just talking to me, like, you know, like not just his daughter, but just like, you know, as a person, he was just like, look, you know, like I can, I'm proof, you know, that making these mistakes don't lead to anything good. Mm. And just like that whole like speech of just like, like people can make a difference. The smallest things can make a difference. And I was just like, man, like I want to do that for someone. Even if it's not necessarily someone that I consider a good person, you know, like maybe someone might look at, look at, you know, my dad's life and be like, you know, well, yeah, he got what he deserved, you know, like he did drugs, he did this, he ate unhealthy, he smoked, he drank. And they might just automatically prejudge him, you know, and think that way. And I intentionally, when I tell you, when I'm at my job or just anywhere, like I try not to think like that because it's unfair, you know, like it's unfair to only treat people that we believe are good or or people that we love good. Like where, where does that make us different from anything else we don't believe in or Mm. the other things that are going on in this world that people, you know, are so quick to call out, you know?
1: That's an incredible story. The idea of addiction hits home for me. I'm curious, like, did you have any idea that, you know, your dad might have been using while you were growing up?
0: No. You know, like when you think of like movies and like how they portray people that are addicted to drugs and movies, you just automatically think of this like good for nothing, at home all day, lazy, never did. No, like my dad was complete opposite. My dad worked two jobs. My dad worked his butt off. He was always working. And like, if my mom, my mom lost her job, my dad would work even more to make sure everything was paid. Everything was done. My dad was super giving. If he knew that my aunt got laid off, he'd go and buy her groceries before she even asked him. He was that kind of person, you know? So it's crazy to think that someone could be so good, but yet be doing something so bad. And, you know, like it's, it's, it's so weird when I think about it now, but not even my mom knew, you know, like it was a shock to my mom when she found out. And, and obviously like we were all disappointed. It was one of those things where it wasn't like he was this terrible dad or anything like that. Like he was amazing. Like he worked so hard to get us like just the necessities and, we always had you know
1: when you immediately got the news like how did you handle the idea that you know your dad was more, not even your dad because i don't want to like single him out but somebody that as close to you as as your father was was using as much to the point that it was killing him like how did you handle that emotionally how did you get through that
0: honestly i feel like it has just been like a driving force for me to just to want to better myself and not only that, but like help my family. Cause once I found out, you know, obviously like I cried and I was sad, but then I was mad. I was mad. I was upset. Cause I'm like, to me, it's like selfish, you know, like, why would you do that? And then like, I kind of like started to learn more about my family and everyone on that side of my family has died extremely young for the same reason. But, you know, we didn't know, you know, like I didn't understand disease process or anything like that. So I'm just like, man, my grandfather died at this age. My great-grandfather died at this age. And now my dad died at this age. Like, we need to, like, break this. And it, like, made me not want to be that. More, even more, like, you know, like, even with simple things, like, with drinking, dude, I did not drink until... I was over the age of 21, maybe 22. Like, I was so terrified to do anything that I didn't do it. I was always the designated driver and I was proud of it. I was like, it's fine. I don't drink. It's okay. I'll drive everybody around so nobody crashes.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think I want to dig into nursing a little bit. Which department do you work in?
0: I currently work in pre-op and post-op and I also float to ICU.
1: Yeah, cool. How long have you been doing that for now?
0: Almost eight years.
1: Yeah? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's incredible. So I have a little bit of background on this myself. I was actually a nurse from the ages of 18 to about 21. When I see you doing it and then airily as well, I think you guys do some content together too. It's super Mm -hmm. inspiring to me because I loved that profession. Pre-op, post-op, like those are two like very scary moments for people. I would, you know, I've never had to get surgery before, but I can only imagine that the impending doom of getting cut up might bring me a little bit of anxiety. So outside of, outside of the prescribed medications for your patients and things like that, what are some of the strategies that you take to kind of calm your patients down before they go into surgery?
0: Some people can agree or some people can disagree, but I love talking to my patients. And I know that we're busy and I know that there's so much to get done, but I try to make sure that my patients feel heard. When I'm asking them my questions, I also give them a chance to kind of reply and let them speak to me. And and I am like one of those nurses that like, I don't care. I will call the doctor and bother the doctor. If it puts peace in your mind, I need to advocate for my patients. I'm very like compassionate with my patients. Like I believe that if you treat people like, like your family, I guess. And I know some people might disagree with that because they say you should separate it. But I don't, I, I think that that's one of the things that when I've ever been in the hospital or when my family members have ever been in the hospital and I see that you know the healthcare worker is just like, doesn't treat them like a number or just like, this is a customer or this is a, a client. No, like this is a person, this is someone's mom. This is someone's grandma, this is someone's dad. Like, And I think if you kind of like treat people like that instead of just like, oh, this is just a patient, I feel like you're just more understanding to them. And it's easier to kind of like not let people get annoying. I'm not going to lie. Obviously, like people can be more difficult. In general, difficult. Yes, people can be difficult. And I feel like when I have that mindset, it helps me to be more patient sure. and it helps me to be more understanding. So I feel like that's like my strong suit when it comes to my job, you know, mm. and. And I, I love that part of it. I love being there for people and just kind of like helping them feel like, "Look, you're important. This is scary, but I'm here. And I'm going to do the best that I can to take care of you."
1: Sure. Are you that person for your friends too?
0: I try to be. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm definitely. I definitely feel like I'm when it comes to my friends that I'm the person that a lot of them come to when they need to speak or kind of vent or get things off their chest. I always feel like I'm that person.
1: Being a nurse is no easy job. You're also super busy. I can see like creating content, you've started your own business. You know, you've taken on a couple sponsorships. You're super interactive with your community on social media as well. So there's obviously like a lot of information coming your way, a lot of stresses that you have to deal with. Can you tell me a little bit and tell the listener a little bit of how you deal with your own pressures of day-to-day from being a nurse to, you know, the side businesses that you're doing and things like this?
0: Honestly, I would say the the biggest thing that that helps me is is my faith. I, I I know some people might think that might sound a little corny or cliche, but I think that my faith has helped me through everything. Social media was not something that I tried to do, you know. Becoming a nurse definitely that was something. Obviously, like I went to school for, I pursued, and it has its its difficult days and its difficult times. But in my mind, it was like, all right. I pursued this so I know what's up. Like, this is what I was ready for, you know? But when it comes to social media, this is definitely not something that I ever knew was going to happen. It was just something that one, it literally from one day to the next happened. Mm -hmm. With everything going on in this world right now, I think it's important that you have me time, that you separate. I I have to separate my, my family, my personal time away from my phone. So like I have like rules, you know, like at the dinner table, no phones, you know, mm-hmm. no phone because th- that's important time. At, at the end of the day, I love what I've done with my page. I love that I have my side business and I love that so many people care to see what I'm doing and care to follow me and to ask me questions and stuff like that. But at the same time, you have to have like your separate time, like with your family and then you have, your, have to have your separate time with God and then your separate time with yourself. For me, like working out, that is my time, you know, like that is me working on me. And then my Sundays are obviously for God. And that's my time where I spend with God and with my, my faith, my family, like my community that's, that has the same faith and they help build me up. And then my family, because they're the people that are my biggest supporters. They're with me day in and day out. So I like to respect them and give them the energy and the time that they help me so much with, you know?
1: Yeah. Outside of Sundays, how does faith show up in your daily life, in posting on social media, like all of these things? Because I I love the fact that you brought that up, first of all, and I don't think it gets brought up enough. I think, you know, people, they're, too scared of the accountability, so they say the universe or they say Mercury's in retrograde or something like that. And no offense to anybody that really believes in that stuff. I personally don't, but like, don't but for you, like, you're not a typical Instagram influencer or fitness model or anything like that, but those are all mm-hmm. aspects of what you're doing. So how does like your faith intertwine into your day-to-day living?
0: My faith on a daily basis, it allows me to give myself grace and it also allows me to give grace to other people. I think right now in the the culture that we're in on social media is like, let's just showcase everything bad everyone has ever done and let's just put it on blast. And I think that my faith allows me to be forgiving and to be like just extremely understanding to the things because because of my platform, I get terrible messages. I get constant like critiques on how I should be, what I should be posting, what I should not be posting. I'm not someone that is going to be like, Hey, in your face, in your face all the time. Let me show you the Bible because I know that I can show that with my actions. I mean, obviously like on a daily, I try to like on my way to work, I try not to even look at my, my phone. Something that I'm, I'm really focusing on trying to do is the first 15, which is like, you know, in the morning I wake up, I do a quick prayer. I try to read my verse a day and then on my way to work, I just listen to either a a sermon or worship music because I'm like, okay, my my brain can get clouded with so much negative Mm. that I'm like, okay, I need at least the beginning of my morning to be peaceful.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and, And everyone is different. That's okay. I'm not saying that this is the correct thing to do or the right, the only thing to do. This is just what is something that I've been trying to implement on my every day. I just feel like having faith just makes me want to love people more and makes me want to understand them more. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get better every day, you know, like this is something that I'm constantly, constantly working at between my everyday interactions, between my friends, between my family, between random people on social media, you know, like I get so many like mean messages and I, and I, and I, I'll never understand what thought process goes into that when people do it. Because even before I had the faith that I had, I never did things like that, you know? But I, it also helps me not like come back and write some nasty message back. It's just like, all right, think about this. Like, what is, what is the right thing to do? Should I say something nasty to them or reply to them? Or should I just like, yo, you know what? I'm gonna pray for this person.
1: Yeah. So you revert to praying for that person, which is amazing. Do you ever mention to that, that to that person or do you ignore it and then go on?
0: It depends what happened, like what transpired in, you know, the message or anything like that. Normally I just ignore it and just do it because at the end of the day, I don't feel like I need to show you, I don't need to boast about what I'm doing. I don't need to just say, Hey, look, I'm praying for you. You know, like, cause then people can take that as being fake.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm
0: just like, you know what, in my heart, I know what I did and that's it. Like, I'm okay with that. I don't need that person to know that I did the right thing or anything like that.
1: You mentioned that you don't, that there was a period before you came to faith. When did you come to faith?
0: I've always believed. Mm -hmm. I've never not believed. However, you know, in my early 20s, (laughs) that was a time when, you know, you just, because I used to go to church a lot. And then over time, it was just like, I started dating people that, that wasn't something that was important to them. So it's like, you know, you miss one weekend and then the next weekend, and then now you're going out and you're clubbing. And I live in Miami where Miami is like, <laughs> no, um, you know, I just not necessarily living the the best life, I guess. I mean, you know what I mean? Not, yeah, not, right, like, right. But just like not necessarily doing things that I think about now that benefited me, you know? It was never that I didn't believe, just like, I feel like now I... I feel like more convicted now, you know, with certain things that I do, like before I could go to strip clubs where now I can't. And -hmm. it's not to say anything bad about it. It's just, it was, it's one of those things that I just personally felt convicted. The last two years have been like me intentionally trying to be better. Me, me, I volunteer now at my church, which before I never did. I used to just go in and out, you know, come in, sit at service and leave. Whereas now like I dedicate my, my entire Sundays to this because I, I just genuinely love it. And I love people that I'm around. I've gone to a lot of churches. There are a lot of people that make going to church uh, a bad thing because people are extremely judgmental and they just constantly like put you down, you know, Mm -hmm. where, where I'm at right now, literally I can be myself And I'm not scared to like talk to, you know, my pastors and things like that. Whereas before it was like, I couldn't even wear pants at my church because it was the devil, you know, like, and I think that people have that like perception. And I think sometimes the way we're brought up to where, you know, parents make church like a punishment an obligation instead of making it something to like enjoy and to love and stuff. I think that growing up when you're kind of raised in that, in that household, then you grow up and you're like, Ugh, I never want to do this. You know, like uh, all of those things, you know, we, we get older and we learn and we realize like, man, you know, our parents didn't have the wrong intentions. They just didn't execute it the best, you know?
1: Right, right, right. I grew up Catholic with a Filipino mom, so it was definitely a punishment. Like if I was in trouble, I'd have to go to church, kneel at the altar, and it was like hours of just. You know, mm-hmm. so I feel that a hundred.
0: Who was I talking to recently? Uh, I don't, I think I was. Who was I don't remember who I was talking to, but I remember they were telling because my grandparents used to punish my mom by making her kneel in rice, kneeling in rice and holding books. Oh, like that's intense, right? You know, like, yeah. and then like I was talking to someone, and they were like, "Man, you know, like I would never." punish my kids by making them meal. Cause like we're supposed to meal to God, you know, like how can we make punishment and then something, a, a form of praise and worship. And I was like, time, like, wow, that's, I never thought of that. I mean, not that I, I don't have kids or anything, but I was just like, wow, like that's a good way to think of it. Like, why would we do that? You know? Cause then automatically you are going to have that negative perception of doing that, you know?
1: Yeah. A hundred. That's a really good point. You mentioned that two years ago, you started getting more involved in the church and making your faith a priority and your relationship with God a priority, right? Yes. What was the turning point for you? Honestly,
0: a a bad breakup, a Mm. really bad breakup. And and my brother and my sister-in-law are amazing. I love them. They're actually pastors. They're one of the pastors at my church. And they just kept inviting me and kept inviting me and kept inviting me. And I wouldn't go. I just wouldn't go because you know I was dating someone at the time that that didn't that didn't necessarily go to to church or anything like that. Once things kind of got like really bad and stuff, I was really grateful that I had them because they encouraged me to go. I think I went like on a Christmas Eve service, and it was like literally the most beautiful service. I was like touched. Like I laughed. I cried. I remember that me and him weren't broken up at the time, and I was so excited. I was like telling him about it, and he was just like. Oh, okay. After that, it was like that was a Christ that was Christmas Eve. By New Year's we were we were done, you know? It honestly helped me get through it because I feel like a few years back I would have just gone out partying, gotten drunk with my friends and you know, just kind of turned to doing those things that realistically don't help you feel better. They're they're very like temporary and very it's like you have joy you know very momentarily and then it's Mm. like okay you're back home and now you're alone and then you start to feel things but this kind of like it helped me feel things in a healthy way and now I've met the love of my life you know and
1: (laughs) that I actually do want to get to that so you're recently engaged right congratulations
0: thank you so much
1: yeah have you guys set a date yet
0: no because of COVID it kind of like put a, a, a stop to our plans. We literally got engaged like a few weeks before everything shut down. Mm. And as you know, hype is in the entertainment business. So in my end, it's been good because I've always had work. But, you know, for the last few months, it was, you know, we he wasn't working as much and stuff like that. So sometime next year is the goal. It might just be a lot smaller than we originally planned, which I'm totally cool with because honestly, if it was up to me, we just have like a Zoom wedding and call it a day. <laughs>
1: Yo, I'm I'm telling you from experience. Like we had almost 200 people flying out to Sayulita, Mexico. We had to cancel our first wedding, which was going to be happen like the week of. I think it was March 21st or 23rd was the wedding date. So mm-hmm. that week leading up to it, we had to cancel everything. Obviously, we we're heartbroken, but we ended up following through with it in July.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I just got married. I should remember my anniversary, right? We ended up following through in July. And we only had 30 people. And that was including like the catering team and whatever, which was a taco truck. But man, if I could give you one piece of advice when it comes to your uh, wedding, it would definitely be take advantage of having it small while you can. Because you're for us, we were able to enjoy it so much more and it was so much less stressful. You're not like meeting new cousins and stuff like that that you never met before.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. I was already... Man, you don't understand that I was already ready to have like this mean conversation with my family and let them know, like, look, if they have not, we have not met, you are not coming to my wedding. (laughs) I am not, you know, like I'm, I'm very big on that. Like, I don't personally have a big family. My fiance does. He has a huge, a huge family that I'm not used to. I was very ready to be like, look, fourth cousin, I have never met you. I'm sorry. I cannot invite you. But you know, we'll see. We'll see. Honestly, like I feel like every day, like we we kind of like talk more about it, and it's like, hey, you know, like what's what's important? You know, like is this really important to you? Because honestly, on my end, I've never I've never cared of ha- about having a big wedding. I've honestly never really had a big party. Now that I think about it, because like I never had a 15s or a 16s anything like that. I never wanted that. Mm. And growing up, I never wanted like a big wedding either. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Honestly, maybe we'll end up just having a small little ceremony and just taking awesome pictures. I don't know. That's awesome. But either way, I just I just want to marry him. That's all that matters. <laughs> to me. That. That itself, like what, you know, like that. That matters to me. Everything else, honestly, like I could rent a dress for 30 bucks and be happy. Like yeah. I I don't care about that stuff at all. Like that's not a priority in my mind.
1: That's awesome. I'm so glad to hear it. Your relationship with uh I'm just going to call him hype. Uh, is interesting because of the industry that he works in. So I have a couple of questions for you. One of them being, obviously you had, you experienced some like traumatizing things potentially uh, with mm-hmm. your dad and how he passed, you know, with hype being in the, in the music industry and entertainment, like how have you navigated that for yourself? Like kind of staying away from that, but still being involved and integrated in his life
0: one the fact that i know that he's has the same beliefs as me we're on the same page when it comes to certain things i think trust is like the biggest thing when it comes to this because like for me obviously like he works with a lot of people and it doesn't bother me you know like these are things that like i love music i'm not i'm not i'm not a good singer or anything like that i'm a terrible singer <laughs> but i genuinely love music more than a lot of things, honestly. Like, it's my favorite thing. I don't watch TV at all. I actually didn't own TV for several years, so I just got used to not watching TV. Mm. But music is, like, something that is, like, I need. I need music. Every single day I hear music. So I feel like because of that, it helps me, like, stay kind of involved with him and like the little things that I do like videos and pictures that he necessarily didn't know how to do I helped do for him yeah. and I taught him how to do so it's like we're, we're doing different things but at the same time kind of like but it kind of like helps you know and I think it's cool to not be exactly the same like I've actually never really dated anyone in healthcare mm-hmm. I, I don't for some reason I'm, I'm I like creatives you know
1: saying no to you, whether it's drugs, sex, or anything like that is not easy for a lot of people in situations, especially when you're surrounded by it. So, I mean, I think that's like a big point to bring up for someone.
0: A funny story. One of the reasons on one of the occasions that me and him met, we were actually at a bar. Some of the people around us were doing drugs at that time. And I remember seeing him thinking like, man, he's not doing it. Let me ask him, you know? because this is one, again, like I was already, you know, starting to go to church. It, it's, it's been the same thing, like where we've always had belief, but then we've dated people that don't necessarily believe. It kind of like detoured us for a few years. And then we, you know, came back. And I remember asking him like, hey, you know, and I see this tall guy with a red mohawk. And obviously like people are going to prejudge him because they don't know him. And I was like, oh, you know, you don't do that. And he was like, no, I'm very God-fearing.
1: Mm. And I was like. <laughs> like what's up? <laughs>
0: I was like. This is not a normal thing you meet on a Saturday night in Miami. (laughs) Obviously, like, again, like, we're not perfect. We have made mistakes in our, in our lives, you know, but it's one of those things where you constantly have that in the back of your mind. Even if you've, you've, you've fallen the next time you're like, I can't do this. You know, like, this doesn't make me feel good. Like, I know this is not right. And I think because he's like that, I, I just feel like, man, like, like, I trust him so much. Like, if he told me, Hey babe, look, I need to go to LA for, for a month for work. I'd be like, go like, Uh, tell me when's your flight. I'll drive you to the airport. You know, like that's how I feel with him because, because we have that trust. And I think that because we were friends first for almost a year before we became anything romantic, I think that that helps build trust. I feel like you actually know who you're with. I think right now we, we live in a world that's like instant gratification. So people get to that next level with people that they don't necessarily know yet and then it's like hey do i even like this person like i don't even know this person and people are having sex with people in the first week of meeting them and they don't even know anything about them you know and then it's and and i feel like all of those factors kind of make it harder to have a relationship when you're like man like the first week i met this person he was talking to another girl and I had sex with him. And then you use that in, in your mind in a, a month or two later, now you're thinking about that. And you're like, relationships are so hard, you know, like they're so, so hard, especially in the age that we live in. So I feel like having those things that kind of ease that transition. And I I, I tell people, I'm like, man, be with someone that is your your best friend. You know, like yeah. he was already my best friend. He had already seen me at my worst. I didn't put up a front. I didn't put my best face forward with him. He didn't either because we were just friends. We didn't have any emotional, romantic connection. We were just friends. And I think that helps us a lot because I'm like, man, I'm able to talk to him about everything. I'm able to show him the real me and not the polished crystal. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, you can show him crystal and not Chris Marie.
0: Exactly. And and like, obviously like Chris Murray is part of who I am, but it's, I like, I tell people all the time, you know, like we want to be light, you know, that is like mm-hmm. a, a normal thing. So are we going to post the ugliest picture that we took? No, we're going to post the one that we think we look pretty, you know, like that's, a, I feel like that's a normal thing, but he can see me, you know, no makeup, no nothing. I'm sick. And I feel like he still thinks I'm beautiful, which I've never, I've never felt like that before, you know, and. Mm-hmm it's an amazing feeling. It's definitely, you know, like it took me 30 years to find him. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that me and him had our friendship first before we had, you know, our, our relationship. And I, I think that that's super important. And I think that when people have that, it's so much easier to navigate through different careers and social media. I'm so grateful for him because I have other friends who have a platform or just a bigger following than the average, I guess. And and their significant others are extremely unsupportive and they fight about it all all the time. And I'm I'm pretty grateful that he's he's very confident in what we have, you know? And that I think that makes a a big difference too, you know. And it, it just all boils down to trust. And it all boils down to how much you love yourself, you know? When you when you love yourself, you're very confident in what you bring to the table. And I was not—I was not confident in myself. I did not love myself the way I should have, you know. For twenty-nine years, you know, it took me that long to finally leave maybe
1: self-worth.
0: Yeah, like just believing in my own self-worth, you know. Like I'm like one of those people where if something goes wrong, I automatically think that I did something wrong. You know, like that's—that's that's my immediate reaction. It wasn't that they didn't know it's me. So I obviously have had to have done something bad. I felt like that for a long time. I always thought there was something wrong with me. I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't smart enough or whatever the case may be.
1: What was the process that you took to start to really love yourself like that?
0: One, I think starting to just work out and starting to eat a lot healthier, kind of helped build that like momentum for me. And just like, talking to myself differently, you know, like Mm. I feel like before, I mean, I still struggle with it now, but it's a lot less than it was two years ago. I would look at myself and think, you know, like, Oh um, man, like I I look so ugly. I look fat or I'm overweight or I have too much study. Like, Oh, I have so many pimples. And just talking to yourself like that all the time, you're never going to do anything positive. Like you're, you're never going to accomplish things because you're just constantly discouraging yourself all day. Like literally I would do that. I just started to realize like, man, like I'm healthy. Like I'm capable. I'm able. I wake up every morning. I have two legs. I have like, just being grateful for the simplest things. And I feel like, yo, when when you're grateful and you're just, you have that gratitude mentality, man, like it's the biggest difference, you know, where before I would complain about a pimple. I'm like, man, thank God I have, you know, a, a body that, that, Puts out waste on my face and it just shows me like, hey, I should be eating better. You know, (laughs) thinking like that, and it sounds it sounds silly, but man, it's made the biggest difference in my life. Personally, Mm. honestly, I wake up every morning and I'm like, man, I'm so I'm so grateful. Like, thank you, God. Like, thank you for another day. And like, when you start to like really think of all the simple things that we have, like centralized air conditioning and clean water and like things that a lot of people in this world don't have, I'm just like, Mm. wow, like. I was ungrateful, you know, like I'm complaining about this the dumbest thing. And and I'm not saying that to little people's problems because obviously there are things, there are stresses that we go through and there are things that you know they you know they're hurtful and you know you gotta let yourself feel things, but then just remember like man, I'm so blessed. Like I have so much to be thankful for that you know what this is this is something that's in my path that's not necessarily what I wanted or how I want things to be but if i've been through this and i've gotten through this this is also going to be something that i'm going to get through mm-hmm. and you if you have that constant mindset you're going to move forward you know like you're you're not going to allow yourself to dwell and you're not going to allow yourself to get to that that breaking point when you yeah. have that mindset yeah and i like like recently you know i had seen things about people posting like oh can we stop this toxic positivity like i'm like
1: That's so. That's very social media people to say toxic positivity.
0: I'm like, man, like, there's nothing that we can do anymore. Like, that's not offensive to someone. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, man, if you're positive on a daily basis, then you're toxic. If you're negative, you're toxic. I'm like, man, I don't know how the heck to be. Like, I just, I know that there's a lot of bad in this world, and I know that there's a lot of bad going on. I need to protect my peace. And anyone that follows me, I don't want to be a reason. Why they are anxious, or they're depressed, or they feel bad? Like I don't want to be a reason for that for anyone. Yeah, you know. So I would rather be toxic positive than toxic negative. You know. Like yeah. To me, it's one of those things that I'm like, man. Like at the end of the day, you you'll never win with everyone. Like yeah. it's something that's very hard for me. Like it's hard. Like I have to have conversations with people that pour into me because I feel like I pour out a lot of myself to people. Hundred. But you have to have those people, and again, like again, it all goes back to my faith. Like, I need things to pour into me that just helps me, you know. Like, and some days you'll see, like some days I'll post a lot, some days I won't post a lot because those are the days that I'm not feeling it, yeah. and if I'm not feeling it, I'm not gonna force it. I can't, you know. Like, I, I can't just post to post or show you my life just to show it to you. I like, I wanna be, I wanna be as real as possible, but I also have to be guarded, you know? Like, I have to protect my own heart and protect my own peace sometimes because the internet is a, is a scary place sometimes.
1: Where did you learn to kind of respond to negativity in a positive light? I don't think that's easy for everybody. So where did you learn or what do you do to constantly do that? Do you have a, your own specific practice that you take on so that you can always have your shield and your armor on like that?
0: You know what? It's it's honestly been something that I feel like I've been like this my whole life you know like i've never been this like angry person i've never been this person that fights or screams like even in like the worst instances of my life i feel like if this was happening in reverse how would i want this person to respond to me how would i want this person to treat me and i constantly like in my mind i'm thinking like would i want what i want this done to me would i want this done to me no okay so let me not do it yeah I've always kind of been this way. It's, I, actually, I have like an issue with setting boundaries because I feel like I've been like kind of like a little pushover my whole life. <laughs> and, and, you know, it is what it is. It's me. I, I'm not, I can't say anything bad about it. But, you know, there have been times where I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to put my foot down because it's, it, it has gotten to the point where people will tell me things and just like forget that I'm I'm human and that I have feelings, you know? Sure. But that's just like, in my mind, I constantly just think like, man, would I want someone to do this to my family? Would I want someone to do this to me? And that's how I respond to it.
1: Yeah. If that's absolutely. not something
0: I would like done to me, I try not to do it.
1: Yeah, I could and- tell that you had this like mentality growing up. Because I mean, even how you responded to the situation with your father growing up, it's like you weren't, I mean, of course, you were probably angry and frustrated at that time, but you, the story that you told us, you chose to look at how, you know, how he felt because of the nurses and you used that circumstance to inspire you. You found like mm-hmm. inspiration out of probably one of the toughest times of your life. So it seems like that was natural for you. Some people don't get that all the time.
0: When I talk to like my mom and stuff and she's always told me like, you're always like my crystal. Like I've always felt like I could talk to you and things like that. Like, I don't know, maybe because I didn't really see too much of that growing up. My mom is definitely a stronger character than me. She has a very strong personality. She's super tough, like <laughs> from the Bronx. Like that is my mom. Like she is that like, <laughs> Puerto Rican lady from the Bronx. That's her. I'm I'm like the opposite, you know? <laughs> but I don't know. Like this is something that I've just, I've, I've always been like this, you know? Yeah. I I'm not necessarily where it comes from. It's just, it's just who I am. And I don't know. I just, I like to look at things in, in that light. Cause I'm like, man, like, Our emotions get the best of us a lot of the time, you know, and we kind of do things without thinking and we say things without thinking. But I don't ever want to like regret something because of that. The night that my dad died, I was actually mad at him. I was Mm. mad at my dad. At that time, I was going to a, a, a church And I remember the next day they were going to have this like event where this famous pastor was going to come to the church and speak and he was going to do a healing. And in my mind, I was like, my dad's going to get healed. He needs to go, you know, whatever. And mind you, I'm 16. So, you know, like you just, you, you act off emotion. You're, I'm a teenager. And my dad was like, look, baby, you know, like, I don't feel good. I'm not going to be able to go tomorrow. And I was like, whatever, like you never come to the things that I ask you to come to, you know, whatever. And I left my house mad. I left my house mad. I didn't say bye to him. I used to break dance when I was in high school, a little side note about me, (laughs) but I used to break dance. So on that Saturday, I was going to like a competition. I remember I left my house mad. I didn't say bye to my dad. And my mom called me like 30 minutes later, like, Hey, I need you to come back. Your dad's sick. We got to go to the hospital. And I was mad. I was so annoyed. I was like, Oh, I'm going to miss my competition. Now we got to sit at the hospital all night. And I was so selfish, like so self-absorbed in like nothing. And when I got home, my dad had already died. So I couldn't, I couldn't tell him I loved him. I couldn't, oh. I couldn't take that back. Yeah. And I, when I tell you, like, I don't fight with no one. If I get mad at my mom, you know, in five minutes, I'm calling her like, mom, hey, like, I'm sorry. I love you. Like, let's talk it out. And same thing with my fiance. I told him, i like, look, I have been in relationships where, where if we're if someone's mad at each other, we're mad for a week and for a month. No, that does not exist with us. Like if we're something is bothering you, talk to me. I would rather you be like come to me with an uncomfortable conversation and we work through it and we get over it and we find a compromise and that's it. But I do not believe in going to sleep mad and leaving mad. Like that is just because that happened to me, that is like engraved in my mind. Like I cannot I can't have that happen again because every time I think about it. I, I cry because I regret it was on my heart. I regret it was on my heart that I left my house at 16, mad at my dad for the dumbest thing in the world, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: By the time I got home, he had already passed away. That's the last thing, you know? Like, that's the last thing I told him, you know? Like, I was mad at him. I just feel like so many things have happened in my life that just make me think about what kind of person I wanna be and what how I want my relationships to be. And even though there were sad times, I feel like they serve the purpose because if those things wouldn't have happened, I don't know what kind of person I would have been, you know, like, again, I, I've never been like this mean person or, um, confrontational person, but I just feel like it guided me. And it just, it really forced me and really made me think about my actions and just like how I want, like what kind of person I want to be on this earth, you know? And, and when I have kids, the the morals and the things that I want to instill in their lives, you know, like all of these things, all of these sad things happen in my life. But I feel like all I wanted to do was make it something positive, you know, and and that's not the case for everyone, you know, and I, and I understand it, it takes a lot. It's definitely not something that's easy, but it's something that's worth it. And
1: yeah. that's
0: how I, I look at it constantly.
1: I love that. Thank you for sharing all that stuff with us, because I know that you know that's not easy stuff to go through but i'm sure there's somebody that can connect with that and really learn from that i want to talk about purpose over popularity a little bit you recently re- released like this line these t-shirts that are coming out which is really cool to see i'm super pumped for you on that for that but can you tell us a little bit about what that means to you and what led to the decision for you to start pumping out like your own clothing line essentially
0: Thankfully, you know, like I have people on my side that they believe in me, you know, like my, my fiance and my best friends. I'm very grateful to have them because they really push me to be out, um, to get out of my comfort zone. I was really scared for a long time because I'm like, oh, who's going to buy anything from me? Like, this is lame. Like, I'm not even like nothing, you know, like all this like self-doubt talk and just like negative. And I'm like, I can't do this. And honestly, it is hard. I really I'm really. <laughs> i grateful that I have hype because he he kind of knows and he's been helping me a lot. But I, I saw this quote and I was like, wow, I love this. You know, like, this is what I want to push on my page, you know, because obviously like instagram is something you you know you can make money off of it, obviously but you can post anything you want and in the area that i live majority of the girls that i see that have a big following post all day in their underwear and again this is not to throw shade on no one because whatever is your hustle is your hustle and i respect it everyone's different but from the upbringing that i that i got as a little girl i don't want to promote that you only have to be this kind of way to get a following or anything like that. When I read purpose over popularity, I'm just like, yo, like when you have that that driving force, that why, you do whatever you you gotta do. And it doesn't matter if 10 people like it or a hundred people like it or a thousand people like it, because it's something that's important to you. I just wanna like show people that we're capable we're capable of so much more than we give ourselves credit for. Mm-hmm. And I think we get too caught up and too like misled by what necessarily is popular on social media or what's necessarily popular in the world. And we don't let, and we don't allow ourselves to be the people that we want to be or do the things that we want to do because we're, we're like, Oh, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work or the people don't like this or no one's going to care about this, you know? And this is one of those things where I'm like, man, like if I'm if I am gonna sell something, I want it to have a meaning. I want it to be something that people can like look at and be like, yo, like this is how I want to be. Like I want to have a reason more than I want to be liked. Yeah. If I fail at it, then it's okay. At least now when I do try again, I at least know where I went wrong. I know what, what was right and what helped me. And then I go from there, you know, like people are very scared to fail, you know, like we're so scared to fail. And it's like, why? Like, just do it, just do it. You want to do it, try it. And if it doesn't work, it's okay. Like there are so many things to do in this world. There's so many things to be passionate about and like to try, like, how do you know you like pistachio ice cream? If you've never tried it, if you've only eaten vanilla, you know, like, People
1: are just scared. And I want to I, I want to not be scared. Like, I want to just do. I love all of the ice cream. You, you know, that's an interesting point that you bring up. And, you know, you're 31, 32?
0: I'm 31.
1: Okay, 31. I was okay. just doing math. <laughs> just doing math. You know, finding purpose, as I, I think is something that a lot of maybe the listeners might struggle with. You know, for somebody as young as us or for people as young as us, It's kind of amazing that we might've been able to figure out what our purpose is, at least for now. Can you tell me a little bit about what you believe your purpose is and potentially, you know, how you kind of arrived at that decision or, or, or that idea?
0: There are all these things that I, I want to be, and I want, I want to show people that you can be no matter what's going on in your life. But what makes me feel like accomplished is showing people that you're not like necessarily like a product of your environment. And like, it doesn't matter what family you come from, even if you come from nothing, you know, like you're still able to make something of yourself. And I think that's like the biggest thing that I want to push on my page. Like, you know, I come from a family that did not have money. I come from obviously like a family that doesn't make the best decisions that no one went to college. I'm probably one of the first people in my family to go to college you, you can make something of yourself if you just believe in yourself, you know? And I think now more than ever, it's something that's really important to share because with everything I feel like going on in the world, you know, like there's, there's no gray, you know, there's no gray area. Everything is just one way or the other way. And if you're not like this, then you don't believe in this. And I don't know, like for me, I'm just like, man, I want to be one, this person that shows that, that you can love unconditionally, but Also that you got to believe in yourself. You know, those are like the two purposes that I'm like, I want to just show everyone. I want to help people. I want to help people love themselves. And I want to help people believe in themselves. When I think of what I want to do, those are like the top priorities. Like is what I'm posting or what I'm speaking about, is this going to help someone in that way?
1: Yeah. I'd love to take a moment just to affirm the idea that I think you're a great role model for the people that might be looking on. The messages that you're posting are definitely not just inspirational, but they're meaningful as well. And just you sharing as much as you have about your story today. I mean, you're telling me that you came from a family that didn't have a lot of money. Your father died at a young age from overuse of drugs at like 35. You were 16 years old. You're the first to go to college. You became a nurse. You're like expanding beyond your horizons. I mean, you're a living, breathing example of what you're doing. So I'd just love to affirm the fact that or the idea that you definitely are, you know, it's definitely been something that's impacted me over the last however many years or whatever we've been connected on social media. So, uh, I think it's great and I think you should continue doing it.
0: Thank you. Sometimes sometimes I'm not going to lie, I want to give up. I want to just like delete my page and like you know, start fresh eventually and then like, you know what? I can't like this is me letting my My own self doubt and like just like my own insecurities get the best of me, and you know obviously like I'm human, so things hurt me. You know, like sometimes the mean messages I get, and I'm like, you know what, like why, like this is pointless. You know, like I'm doing nothing. But then when I get the nice messages and I and I have people like asking me for advice, I'm just like, okay, relax, Crystal. You're never gonna be everyone's cup of tea, but if you can help one person, then you did something. Mm. And again. It kind of like goes back to my faith again, you know, like it says that God left the 99 for one, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, I I believe that, you know, like I I believe it with all my heart and then it goes to purpose over popularity. If I can help one person at least a day, like if I can give advice or I only like to share things that I'm knowledgeable on. If I, if, you know, if I haven't personally been through it, I can't, I can't lie or I can't you, Hey, this is the right thing to do. If I've never done it, you know, I can only go based off my experience and what has worked for me. Sure, I will share that with you. You know, like I will tell you what worked for me in becoming a nurse. I'll tell you that I almost failed my last semester. You know, like I like to be as real as it gets. I don't want to give people this fake advice. I want to be real, but also like encouraging at the same time, you know, like not real in a pessimistic way, but just real like, look, sometimes things don't always go as planned, but there's always a reason for everything. You know, like I just feel like things happen. Sometimes we, we may not be ready for the things that we necessarily want, you know, at the moment. And we don't understand it because we just want things right, 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 right now all the time. Yeah. We live in an Amazon prime world. Yeah. It's true. We, we do, you know, we want things now and we, we don't think about like how, it. what's the process to get there? What's the journey? to what worked, what didn't work? And then you can share that, you know, like where you messed up, where you fell, and then you can help other people not make those mistakes or you can, you know, whatever. Like maybe some people could take the mistakes you made and turn it into a success, you know? Like I just feel like we're, we're given obstacles on purpose and I feel like it makes us stronger. It makes us more resilient, but then it's also for us to share, you know? Like mm-hmm. we got to share the things that we've gone through, the things that that have worked, you know? And, and I want everyone to be successful, even if it's other people that are like, I want to be, you know, a nurse- I want to be a nurse, and I want to be, you know, whatever on Instagram. I'll show you what I did. I'll, 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 you know, I'll teach you my tricks. I don't necessarily. There's no like magic to it. It's just you just gotta do, you know. And I, if someone wants to be a makeup artist, I'll share my makeup tips, like everything. Like there's nothing that I feel like I have that I can't share.
1: Yeah, that's a bar. Would you say obstacles are given us to us on purpose? Yeah, we're gonna have to use that one.
0: do it do it i love i love all of your stuff and i I repost you on purpose because you are one of those people that i see constantly like yo you put in the work like you're not just you're not just saying it you're 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 doing it when i see you wake up at 5 a.m i'm like yo i could wake up and work out too you know like and it's one of those things where i'm like I like to follow people like you for that reason. And I, w- I want to be like that too. You know, like I want to be a light. I want to be someone that people are like, hey, I, I, you know, I can do this too. Not like, oh, she's so pretty and I'm ugly. No, never that. Like, I always wanted to be like, yo, like if I could do this, you can too. Like we can do this. I'll help you. Like, let me let me show you what needs to be done. You know, like yeah. I just love that you use your platform to teach. I love it. Like, I don't know anything about marketing and business. I just, I I wing it and I just do. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna learn for this. I don't, I don't fake it till I make it, but I'm like, okay, let me just try this approach and see if it works. And if it doesn't, okay, let me try another approach, you know? But I think like what you do is so dope and I love like your Monday messages. I think, I think it's cool. You know, like I think what you do is important and I think you're gonna help a lot of people that are looking to get into that field you know, that don't really know necessarily what steps to take. I think that you're doing all the right things to guide them. And I really, I really do love following your page. I love all the quotes you put up and all the messages. And I'm loving the new aesthetic, by the way. <laughs> I love, I love this new, like, pretty background with the quote. I'm obsessed.
1: <laughs> well, Very thank cool. you. I appreciate this, that that this, this interview is about you today. But I, I do appreciate that a lot. We are pretty close on time though. So before we ask the last question of today, if somebody wants to connect with you, where can they find you?
0: The biggest way would be Instagram only because I'm not on TikTok as much as I should and I don't really (laughs) use Twitter and I don't really have Facebook, which is terrible. I know. I know I should be on every platform. But right now... Instagram is the best bet Chris Marie dot underscore. I've been trying to get just Chris Marie, but it's really hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not the easy. account
0: that has it has not used this since like 2010.
1: That's so annoying.
0: It's so annoying. I'm like, please give it to your girl.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. All right.
0: But um yeah, if anyone wants to reach out to me, you guys are more than welcome to message me. I do go through like there are days where I just dedicate to filtering messages because obviously I get a lot of drunk and block and stuff. But then obviously like the messages that are, you know, like asking something, you know, for me to share any help. I am. I would love to help you guys in any way that I can.
1: That's awesome. Well, you've shared so many incredible things with us today. Your story is absolutely inspiring. And I love that we were able to do this because like I know Chris Marie didn't get to know Crystal, but t- today I did. And one of the things that I learned is that you wanted to be, you wanted to pursue drama at one point and an actress. So my last question for today is, What is the last movie you watched where you felt you could have done the role better than the actor in it?
0: I hope I don't get hate for this, but I watched Halloween Town. and I loved it as a kid growing up. But when I watched it now, I was like, man, I could have been way better on that movie. (laughs) It was so cringy. I was like, I'm going to leave that movie to my childhood so I I don't ruin it.
1: I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. To the listener, thank you so much for your time and attention. We really appreciate it. If you love the episode, we would dig a five-star review. And if you didn't like the episode that much, feel free to stick it to us, but subscribe anyway, because we're going to have a ton of incredible people just like Crystal Montez back on the show. Thanks again, Crystal. It
0: was nice. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity.
1: Absolutely.